Friday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah, it's still raining a little bit out there, but that's okay. We got plenty to talk about. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I just have a couple more things I want to talk about about the election. I am just shocked. I am just shocked. We talked about uh, about uh, Rick Nolan last week, and we talked about how some of the Democrats are just freaking out that that some guy who was a sexist pig uh, worked on his worked in his office, and then they found out he was a pig, and so they got rid of him. But Nolan Nolan hired him back uh, for his reelection campaign, and we talked about how Nolan ha- Rick Nolan. This is Rick Nolan is Lori Swanson's running mate, uh, and I think they're probably still. Uh, doing pretty well in the polls, even though I think this Nolan thing has really, really hurt them. Remember, Rick Nolan's 74 years old. But the one thing that the Democrats keep pushing, pushing, pushing for Nolan to address is that he would he would often tell, probably not anymore, uh, he would often tell off-color jokes. And one of the favorite stories that he liked to tell was the time when he was in the Minnesota State Legislature. This was in the early 70s. And he said male lawmakers would play games in which they were blindfolded and they were tasked in determining which female secretary worked for who by groping them, which is an appalling story. And by the way, uh, Nolan hasn't come out either way. And remembering the 70s, I can firmly believe that story happened. I can firmly believe that story happened. So now you've got the Democrats coming out after this guy. They had a... um, they had two of the three lieutenant governor candidates on last Sunday night for a kind of a candidate forum. Rick Nolan didn't show up, needless to say. I, I want wonder, to go back to the 70s, by I the way. I wonder why. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was something. It was really something. You know, they had to try to outdo the 60s, I guess. But you've got – you had seven or eight people in um, Duluth. So politicians and city council members and county commissioners came out and they all called for Nolan to resign. And then this past week, you had a group of maybe a dozen activists who marched into Nolan's downtown Duluth office calling for Rick Nolan to not only resign, but to drop off Lori Swanson's gubernatorial ticket as lieutenant governor. And at the same time, you've got people saying they want Al Franken back. And you've got to be kidding me you've just got to be kidding me it was one of the most disgusting things that i've ever seen we know how much esme murphy drools over all the all the democrats she's on channel on channel four and she interviewed al franken this was the first interview of al franken um you know to to come on after he resigned from office for his outrageous behavior and and she never even once asked him uh, about the about the, the about him sexually harassing women and i mean that's just absolutely shocking you have a, a us senator who resigned in disgrace in disgrace and you, your first interview, really, Esme Murphy, really doesn't even ask him about that. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And so then, here, here, you've got all these people upset over what was going on with Rick Nolan. And then um, Al Franken is asked, you know, hey, are you going to run for office again? And Al Franken responds with, we'll see if I say anything... Th- 
here. You'll put it in the story. I don't know. I haven't ruled it out. I haven't ruled it in. Franny Franken said that her husband's abrupt departure from the Senate has been difficult for both of them. It has been a challenge, but we do get to spend more time together. And I think there are times that both of us would like to spend less time together. She laughed. Ha ha. I, 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 I can feel you, Franny. I, 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 I get it. People, do you want Al Franken back? Really? Really? 651-989-5855. 651-989-5855. I'll say it again. If the Democrats didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. You also had a DFL staffer who came out this past week, uh, and he has a complaint about sexual harassment with the DFL. So Christopher Horshack of Cotton worked for the DFL as a canvasser beginning in the late summer of 2016. He worked in the Mountain Iron field office and spent most of his time working at the direction of the Nolan re-election effort. So apparently um, he apparently he's gay, and he said he was harassed by two members of the DFL campaign team in Mount Iron before he'd even completed filling out his employee paperwork on the first day of his job. He said he took these complaints to superiors and even face-to-face to Representative U.S. Rick Nolan, but he felt his complaints were were ignored. I'm not out to hurt the DFL. I want to make it better. So... It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And you want to talk about crazy? Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I tell you, I for years I've been telling you guys that there are deal breakers. If a candidate believes climate change is caused by humans and we have to act immediately uh, and it's going to cost us billions and billions and millions and trillions of dollars, I'm not voting for them. If they believe in amnesty, I'm not voting for them. If they believe in universal health care or what's now called Obamacare or single payer or any government managed care. Those were my deal breakers. If you supported those kinds of things, I don't care what I wasn't voting for you as the Democrats moved further and further to the left and became almost unrecognizable as, as having any fiscal responsibility, any common sense or any logic left. I had to add other things like, um, pre-K and school choice and free speech and gun rights and property rights and minimum wage and all kinds of other stuff. But it, it, the Democrats, with their, with their insane, hard, hard, hard left shift over, I think it's really waking a lot of people up. And it's, and, you know, some, it's, it's much more than just one issue that's turning people away and they're saying what happened to the Democrats um, because you've got instances with identity politics. You've got instances with voter integrity. You've got the social justice warriors. You've got Democrats coming out, out now saying that the U.S. census shouldn't people who are illegal aliens in the United States of America should still be allowed to fill out the census. Really? Really? And now that's controversial. Uh, You've got so many anti-business, so many um, anti-business policies that the Democrats are pushing, whether it's minimum wage or everything is big government. Everything is government control, government managed. There's no aspect of your life that the Democrats don't want the government to run. One of Tina Smith's ads that came out 
was her talking about teachers and what keeps them up at night. She tweeted this out on Friday. When I ask teachers about what keeps them up at night, they often tell me they worry about the mental health challenges of many of, that many of their students face. And that's why Tina Smith introduced a bill to make sure students can access mental health services in the schools. Really, people? Really? Do you want your kid labeled by your school? Really? Where are you, parents? Where are you? Why aren't you looking out for your kids? We just had a huge, a, a huge argument this past week about the government who was drugging detained refugee kids. They've been doing that for years, people, years and years. Where have you been? Or, or you know what? The kids in the foster care system, they're some of the most drugged up kids you've ever seen. Go look on your county's website, and on the front page, they have to list the three highest paid employees in the county it's almost always the the psychiatrist or the psychologist or i think it's psychiatrist um on there for for ramsey county the person makes like 200 grand a year and they drug these kids in foster school up do you want your schools doing that kind of stuff do you want your kids labeled by the people in the schools do you want your kids do you want do you want the schools to just raise your kids that's just insanity. And with the things that we've seen with with uh, illegal immigration, you've you've actually got people saying that money should be handed out for for illegal aliens. If you reined in the power, if your house seats were allocated based on citizens instead of citizens and non-citizens, you would increase the power of the states. States like Louisiana and Montana and Minnesota would have more power. And the states like California and New York would have less power. You've got 54% of the Democrats thinks, think non-citizens should be able to vote. That, that we should have open borders. You have bunches of Democrats who think it's controversial to have work requirements to get food stamps. That's unbelievable. You've got people, you've got Democrats, freaking out that, that, the, that the U.S. Uh, DOT and the EPA are going to relax the fuel economy standards that were set under the Obama administration. They're convinced everyone's going to die on the road. Do you know what? Those those fuel economy standards were what's killing more people on on our roads. Okay, you've got Bernie, you've got um, Aaron Murphy, you Bernie Sanders, you've got Aaron Murphy, you've got so many um, all of the candidates running in Congressional District Five pushing for single payer, pushing for Medicaid for all, pushing for affordable haircut, affordable health care. Who screwed up? Who screwed up health care? Democrats, why would you give them more power to screw it up more? Now you got Bernie Sanders and all the rest of them coming out saying that, you know what, we want Medicare for all. We want Medicare for all. And somebody actually ran the numbers. $32 trillion. You'd have to double all the taxes. Double them. Double them. All because of what, of what the Democrats did. And, and they knew. They knew what they were doing. They knew what was going to happen. They knew 2018 was where, when it was going to all hit the fan. They knew the healthy were going to have to pay for the sick. They knew the premiums were going to be unaffordable without gov- government subsidies. They knew it. 
They knew it. And then they try to confuse you with with what is health insurance, what is health care, what is catastrophic, what isn't. Nobody can agree on what's affordable. Crazy. Just crazy. And I didn't even get to talk about guns. <sighs> yeah, the gun grabbers are driving me crazy, too. Anyway, uh, Stan's yelling at me. We're gonna take a, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm just gonna touch real quick on the CD5 race uh, because I, I tried to touch base with Jennifer. She's running. She's the Republican candidate in CD5. Jennifer Zielinski. Um, it, but I'm. I, it just didn't work out this week. Maybe I'll try to get in touch with her next week. But I did listen to the fifth congressional district forum. Uh, between Ilhan Omar, Patricia Torres Ray, and Margaret Anderson Kelleher. Oh my gosh, they're trying not to be crazy. They were crazy. They were just like Keith. Abolish ICE, impeach Trump, single payer, free college, yeah, 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 free daycare, yeah, 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 all, all of the usual stuff. And and what Ellison did with CD5 is really pretty interesting, so I want a heads up to you, uh, a heads up to everyone then uh we'll be right back sue jeffers twin cities news talk am 1130 and twin cities news talk.com good saturday afternoon everyone thank you so much for tuning in i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show we're just going to wrap these things up with um uh with the election so if you have any questions call now 651-989-5855 651 651- Nine eight nine five eight five five. Okay, so Stan, somebody asks me if I'm going to vote for Palenti. First of all, did you not hear me? I told you there's going to be no Tim on the ballot in November. Well, if he is, though, would well, you have to bend over and eat be. your words? He won't be. But you know what? I remember a certain somebody saying he wasn't going to be on the primary ballot, but you know. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. I am a never Palenti, and I would not encourage other people to not vote for Tim Palenti. Okay, yeah, I would. Um, but, but if it comes down to November, and I'll let you know if I change my mind, if it comes down to now, November. What if he would ha- happen to do a backdoor deal and uh, offer you a position on his cabinet, then what? He wouldn't because he surrounds himself with yes people. People who will never say anything to challenge him or oh, yeah, the stupid advice they give him. Have you seen the crappy candidates or the crappy campaign he's, he's running? Oh, my gosh. You know, what does he think this is, like 1995 or something? It's 2005. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I won't vote for Tim Pawlenty. In fact, you know what? I'll be writing in my name. And if Tim Pawlenty loses by one vote, I will. I will wear that. Uh, that mantle because I I cannot bring myself to vote for him and you guys can't make me. So you know what? You should have voted for me in 06 and we wouldn't be in this mess. I did uh, this past week. I watched the or listened to the fifth congressional district forum that was between Ilhan Omar, Patricia Torres Ray and Margaret Anderson Kelleher. I don't know why uh, Jamal Abdul and Frank Drake were not included in this. It was just the three women. Um, it, it was painful. It was really, really painful as they all tried to be just like Keith. Abolish ICE, impeach Trump, single payer, free college. Uh, they were very civil and, and polite to each other. There were, um, it, and, and it's kind of interesting because we were talking money figures earlier. Um, 
Omar's campaign has raised $246,000. She she has $111,000 left. Anderson Kelleher had raised $350,000 by the end of July. She has $250,000 on hand. And Torres Ray had raised close to $65,000 and had $45,000 on hand. By the way, thank you, Steve Draskowski. Thank you. Steve Draskowski came out and called Representative Omar on the carpet for taking money that she knew she shouldn't have taken. And so Omar says she's going to pay back the $2,500. And and you know what? There's still question about immigration fraud. There's still question about did she marry her brother. There's still questions about uh, did she use campaign funds to pay her divorce attorney. There's a lot of questions there. Uh, This is an interesting race. You really should watch this because – with Keith Ellison in CD five, CD five just turned into the the what, what did I see what did I see written this past week the engine of DFL votes in his twelve years in Congress, and it used to be that that CD five was at the bottom of the state in voter turnout when Ellison took over. Now it's consistently in the top. Now you have Democrats saying, you know what, we get Minneapolis and St. Paul, we win. We win every statewide race there is. The Republicans just can't win. Well, you got Omar coming in, and she said, you know what, in 2016, she increased voter turnout in her district by 37%. Remember, you have to give her some credit. She's the one that took out Phyllis Kahn. Phyllis Kahn had been there since, what, 1975? Um and Omar has support from the, the city DFL, plus Governor Dayton, plus um, Mayor Frey. Um, she really, really has a strong ground game. But it sounds like Jamal Abdullah, the other Somalian that's running, sounds like he's turning out quite, quite the ground game, too. So really, truly, and, and you know, because I listen to these three uh, and and they they try to talk like they're so normal, like it's a normal idea to impeach the president of the United States, like it's the normal idea that that there's nothing wrong, that it's and of course they never talk about the price tag that goes with it or how they're going to pay for it. They talk about with all these empty promises, all these identity politics, all these this election year rhetoric, and and I mean it's just absolutely crazy as they sit on their on their little chairs and and smile at you and tell you they're going to abolish ICE and they're going to impeach Trump and $32 trillion? No, we'll figure out how we're, how we're going to do it. Yeah, it's it's just absolutely crazy. But because I listened to that one, I did not listen to the Pawlenty-Johnson uh, debate, which was on NPR yesterday. Um, I heard Pawlenty didn't bring his A game. I heard they really didn't like each other. Um, I heard if that's the A game, the GOP's in trouble. Um, I'll just tell you, vote Jeff Johnson. And no, that's not an endorsement or anything. It's, I will repeat, I'm a never Palenti person. I can't, I, I, I can't help it. Okay, I'm going to calm down a minute, and then we're going to talk about guns. So that should oh, ramp, calm you right down. ramp me up again, too. But first, I want to take Chuck's phone call. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. Uh, by the way, uh, Ellison, in I think 13 years in Congress, has never had a bill of any consequence with his name on it. Right. You're right, just, Chuck. You're right. 100% right. Do you live in Minneapolis? Uh, I live in the New Brighton, Arden Hills area. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. 
Here's what I, I've been listening and I've been uh, been reading. I've been reading about the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. In fact, about 10 years ago, I stood on the ship in St. Petersburg, Russia, where the first shot was fired that started the Bolshevik Revolution under the leadership of Nikolai Lenin. Yep. And I tell you, there's a very close parallel going on right now in the United States. Bernie Sanders is our version of Nikolai Lenin as he leads the hordes of unsuspecting people who cannot think, especially the millennials, uh, talking about the joys of socialism and communism. A lot of people don't realize that when the Bolsheviks took over Russia, then Stalin took over and killed and murdered 20 million people. Right. And a lot of Americans rushed right over to Russia. Oh, it's wonderful. Capitalism is being ruined, and we're going to take over the government, only to find out the only way that it works is if you're ca- captive of the military. And if you don't do what they say, you either go to jail or they kill you. There's a close parallel being drawn right now about the leftists and all this baloney of uh, having uh, uh, single-payer single payer, uh, health care, uh, open borders. Uh, America beware. The definition of Marxism, Karl Marx died penniless, but his idea of Marxism was the destruction of capitalism, and capitalism is the engine that made America great. Beware, America. Chuck, that like is— Ellison Yep. And, what, and, and the lady in New York, the young lady who doesn't— yeah. She doesn't have a brain. Anyway, that's my thought. You know what? I I appreciate your comments, and I think you're 100% right. And I think we have done such a huge disservice to the younger generations on not educating them what socialism is, what communism is, what Marxism is, and what their role as the people of a free country, what we're supposed to be doing, and how important it is to fight for for that freedom. And I think it's not too late, Chuck. It's not too late. We're going to turn this around. We're going to turn it around. I'm confident. Yeah, remember I said Bernie Sanders is today's Nikolai Lennon. Beware America. Yep, I think you're right. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate your comments. Yep, and yep, I think he's right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about guns. The, you know, I told you about my deal breakers before. These gun grabbers, I'll never vote for them. I will never, 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 ever vote for them. And when they talk out of both sides of their mouth, I know they're lying, and I know they're eyeing my guns. And I saw an ad. It was an Aaron Murphy ad. This was a TV commercial. And there was some silly, silly, foolish, ignorant little girl who said, she wasn't that little, she was old enough to know better, who said, I won't feel safe in my schools until Aaron Murphy is our governor. Yeah, she was. And and you know what? You know what I did? I didn't get irritated at the little girl. I got irritated at Education Minnesota. And I thought to myself, why? Why on earth are these kids scared to go to school? Why are our schools not safe? What has Education Minnesota done to keep our kids safe in school. Education Minnesota has been running the schools for 50 years. Yeah, I blame Education Minnesota. Um, but we had we there's so much gun info this week because you've got candidates who are coming out on where they stand on gun control. Good luck defining what that means to them. You've got the NRA in the news. You've got the 3D printed guns in the news. You've got the Blevins case where they released the body cam video. And, of course, the protesters are back saying, we want those two cops fired. 
Oh, I got some thoughts on that one, too. And you got Mike Freeman, Hennepin County attorney, coming out saying, guess what? I'm not going to charge the cops. And I agree with Mike Freeman. I think it's 100% right. Look out, gun grabbers. I'm coming for you next. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone thank you so much for tuning in really appreciate you listening brianna brianna was that you did you pick that tune i didn't oh sorry well you know what if you're gonna pick tunes like that next week i am in i'm in brianna's gonna be our rock star back here at the studio next week when we're at the dakota county fair and thank you so much brianna of course really really appreciate that and looking forward to your bumper music too all right let's talk some guns let's talk some guns and if you want to weigh in we're going to cover a whole bunch of gun stuff really quick so um if you want to weigh in on any of it 651-989-5855 651-989-5855 democrats are trying real hard to push the gun control people the gun grabber people to get out and vote and to make a difference and vote for people who want to pass and i use my air quotes common sense gun control, of which nobody can define what that is. This past week, we saw a huge uproar when the issue of 3D printed guns came out. And I want people to realize, you realize the the 3D guns, you realize that's a First Amendment issue, not a Second Amendment issue, right? You realize that the plans to make the guns, it's already out on the Internet, And you realize that making guns at home for our personal use always has been legal. There's nothing wrong with it. And since 1988, it's been illegal to make a gun or sell a gun that is not detectable. So in other words, when you go through a metal detector or when it's subject to inspection by x-ray machines like at the airport or whatever, you have to be able to identify it. But that didn't stop the gun grabbers. The gun grabbers, you had attorneys from, what, eight or ten states who filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration. And eight states in the District of Columbia filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration to stop the Texas-based company from publishing instructions on how to print 3D printed guns. Well, I got news for you, people. You know, there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much misinformation that it's really, really shocking. CNN could have had any number of gun experts on, legal experts, gun experts to weigh in on the issue. Who do they put on? They put on uh, Alyssa Milano, that lady from, where was she from, Charmed, whatever, and David Hogue, the guy who, the kid who got, um, uh, who was involved in the school shooting in Parkland, Florida. Those were their experts. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you something, people. The, we don't have to worry about this one. This is, this is... Tell your gun-grabbing, afraid-of-their-shadow friends that this is not something you need to worry about. Explain to them why this is a First Amendment issue, not a Second Amendment issue. And explain to them to use just a little bit common sense. Do you really want a gun that only shoots one bullet? How many criminals do you know that are going to have a gun that shoots one bullet? 
Not many. So we were founded on a country that made our own guns. And guess what? The Internet is forever. So when you get down to it, that information's already out there, and you're not going to be stopping anything. All right, on Wednesday... Uh, Whoops, no, when no, it wasn't Wednesday. There there's a battle going on in Minneapolis, the city that just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving. There's a battle now. Minneapolis is a charter city. It gives the mayor complete control of the police department. But what you're seeing this week, Cam Gordon, remember I owned a bar and restaurant by the U of M? Cam Gordon was my council member. And I know that he's okay, um, but I'll tell you, he's got a crazy streak in him, and this is crazy because he introduced a, a policy saying, you know what? Let's go to the charter com- let's go to the let's go to the charter commission and let's tell them we don't want the mayor to be in charge of the police department and the police chief. Let's have the whole city council and the mayor be involved in it. Needless to say, Chief Arredondo and Mayor Frey are absolutely against it. They don't want 14 bosses. They said it's too many cooks in the kitchen, but you're going um, to it, – it managed to move ahead. It managed to pass 7 to 5, and this language is going to go to the city's charter commission, and they will be able to approve it, reject it, or even write something different. So this isn't over yet. The big news coming out of Minneapolis this week, it, last Sunday night, Frey released uh, – the mayor released the body camera video from the Blevins shooting, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. It it clearly showed the officers repeatedly warning an armed Blevins to put his hands up as they chased him through the north side uh, neighborhood and then fatally shot them in the alley. The I don't know if you guys saw it. It was unbelievable, and they had it in all the TV stations, had it in slow motion. They had it enhanced by some company out in California where they slowed everything down and cleaned up the images and cleaned up the language. But it clearly showed the 31-year-old guy with the handgun running from the police. The video appears to show the gun in Blevins' hands before the shots were fired. You could hear all the shots being fired at him, uh, and and it it was crazy. The response that we heard from from some of the politicians was absolutely unbelievable, and nobody had a crazier response than Aaron Murphy. Aaron Murphy is the Democrat can one of the Democrat. Oh, she's the Democrat endorsed candidate. So you had um, the Tim Pawlenty and Jeff Johnson came out and they gave pretty, pretty bland, pretty uh, common sense reactions, basically saying that the police officers involved in the shooting acted, acted appropriately. And they watched the, the video where they watched the footage from the body cam and it showed that Blevins was carrying a gun and they did everything that they could to convince Blevins to surrender before shooting him and killing him. Now, I'm just absolutely disgusted by the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Erin Murphy is a state representative in Minnesota. She is now the endorsed candidate running for governor for the Democrats. And uh, the, the Pioneer Press printed part of what Erin Murphy r- wrote in response to the video camera. And in it, she talked about how she watched the 
body camera footage of Thurman Blevins death and she was struck not only by the end of his life but the hard questions it raises and she talks about how from the very first moment officers on the scene were loudly swearing and threatening a man who appears to be sitting on a curb with a woman and child from the first moment the police officers are shouting and scaring him pushing him and engaging him in a way that led to the awful ending of this life Aaron Murphy, did you even use your brain before you wrote that? I want you to think about that for a minute. Automatically, she turns it on the cops. You've got a convicted felon with a firearm shooting off a gun in a neighborhood, shooting it in the sky, shooting it in the ground. People called the police to say, we got a drunk guy with a gun running around in our neighborhood. And Aaron Murphy comes out and is upset that the officers are swearing at him and threatening at him. Aaron Murphy goes on to say he ran, yes. He was armed, yes. He reportedly was drunk and had fired shots, yes. All of those things might have led to his death, but none of them had to. Aaron Murphy says, I don't understand why calmly starting a conversation wasn't an option or wouldn't have been a better course of action. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me and this woman wants to be our next governor i want you to understand that that this was just part of what the pioneer press read or wrote printed in their printed in their paper the rest of her statement which is on facebook and you can go and read it there it she goes even further down the rabbit hole even further down into crazy it's just unbelievable how she turns this back on the cops i'm sorry this 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 guy was dangerous. He was dangerous. The cops had absolutely no choice. He was shooting a gun. He, they didn't know he was a convicted felon at the time. He had a bottle of vodka in his hand. They probably knew he was drunk. I mean, think about that. Just think about that. All right, there's more. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll tell you how much further down the rabbit hole she goes. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll tell you, I am going crazy thinking about these gun grabbers, thinking about uh, about what they think of our guns, our, our Second Amendment rights, and how important they are. And it really showed this past week when you saw the camera footage, body camera footage, on the Blevins, um, who was killed by the two police officers. This is a guy, he was drunk. He had been shooting a gun in the neighborhood, to the ground, up in the sky. People had called the police in the middle of Minneapolis, in the middle of Minneapolis. And not to mention he was a convicted felon, not to mention he was drunk, and not to mention he, well, he, he had a long record. The cops didn't know that at the time. They just knew that people were in danger, not just them, but the people in the city of Minneapolis. And to have Aaron Murphy come out and say, yeah, we should have calmly talked to them, to have her come out and then go, this, this statement that she put out, not only to the Pioneer Press, but on her Facebook page, was so absolutely ridiculous, talking about how we have to calmly start a conversation and and it would have just been such a better course if the police would have done that you know what aaron murphy if the police would have done that they probably would have been dead after he shot them and i just think it's absolutely ridiculous and irresponsible in her facebook post she goes on to talk about every week she reads a story about black men being killed and black kids having the the 
police called on them. And every week she hears about white people who are just being escorted and transported safely to jail. Then she goes on to tell us we're all a bunch of racists and that there's unconscious racial bias and structural racism tearing our communities apart. Is this really who you want for you to be your next governor? Really? Is that really who you want? The answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. Uh, seriously, Erin Murphy said she wants gun safety legislation, but apparently drunk people firing off shots in a crowded city shouldn't be taken seriously, and we should just calmly sit down and talk with them. Well, thankfully, we have someone with some common sense and who values uh, our Second Amendment rights on the phone. Hey, Jeff Johnson, welcome to welcome to the air. What are you doing? You out on the campaign trail? I'm in the back of the RV. We're driving back from the Benton County Fair for a little event down in Golden Valley, and we turned you and heard you on the radio, turned you on and heard you on the radio, so I just thought I would call in to say hi. Hi, Jeff. I think the campaign is going so well. I can really feel the momentum. I can really feel people saying, yep, the Democrats are just bat poop crazy and we're not going that way. And I just, I feel really good for you, Jeff. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, the Democrats are making the case for us. They have, uh, and, and it's, you know, there's another 11 days, so they're going to have to all try to out-lefty each other for <laughs> another week and a half, which is going to be helpful in a, a month or two. And for me, I mean, for Donna and me, my running mate, the, this, the primary campaign feels so good. We are seeing crowds getting larger and larger. We're having crowds of 100 or 150, most of the places we're going now. And the one thing we're hearing, which is so encouraging to me, is I'm hearing a lot of people saying, you know, in 2016, we sent a message to the establishment that they didn't get to pick our candidate, and we're going to do it again in 2018. And if that is the attitude we're going to win, I think we'll actually win by a decent margin over plenty. Yeah, it is It is. It is the mindset, Jeff. I'm everywhere, and, and, and I'm hearing it everywhere. They're just sick of it. They're, yep. Yeah, I feel so good. Yeah, I do too. And we, we just we hit two or three different fairs today and I can compare this to four years ago. I was in the middle of a four way primary four years ago. No one was paying attention. I mean literally no one was paying attention. And now we've got people who aren't they're not political activists, they're just people. And uh, they come up and start talking and say, you know, we're paying attention to the race. We saw Tim's nasty commercials, so we did some research on you and with you, or you listened to the debate or whatever. It's, uh, there's an engagement that I just haven't seen before. And, you know, regardless of what people think of Donald Trump, I happen to think he's doing a good job. But I think he woke a lot of people up. That, yes. Hey, start yes. And, and, and do your research on these folks. I agree with you, Jeff. And hey, you just said you were coming from the Benton County Fair. Are you going to be able to make it down next week to the to Dakota County Fair in Farmington to join us? I actually, I think I am going to be down there. I never know from day to day. I just know where, where I'm driven. But well, I, yes, I, I talked to we your are. campaign about it, and I think yes. that I think you are. But I know things yep. come up, and I realize that we're down to the last few days and all that kind of stuff. And we were working on some technical issues here, so we'll firm everything up sometime this week. I hope you can make it because, awesome. like you, I love those county fairs, and the Dakota folks in Dakota County are absolutely amazing. And I would like to point out, by the way, I haven't met your lieutenant governor yet, and I want to tell her I. Loved, and I don't know who made this 
picture up, but it was a picture of her in her in her military um, in her military outfit, and then next to her was a picture of Aaron May Quaid sitting at the sit-in at the Capitol, and I just thought, oh my gosh, I know which lieutenant governor I want to get behind. So I'm yeah, really looking great, forward to great. meeting her. Yeah, she's an amazing lady. She's a former lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. Reserve. Marine Corps, yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, and she's very soft-spoken, and but she's got a backbone of steel. And she's working her tail off like I am. So it, it feels good. It and you know what, really Jeff? Right I'm really glad you picked somebody that wasn't a uh, household name, so yep. to speak. I'm glad you picked somebody who was going to bring something different to the table. I, yeah, I appreciate we, that. We, we specifically said, you know, maybe there were a lot of good legislators who would have made great running mates. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to reach outside that circle because part of my message is that the system is broken and we need to blow it up. And um, it's harder to do that if you've got two people who have been involved in politics for a while. So she brings, she's a breath of fresh air. Yep, I'm really excited about that. And it's interesting. I think you made a great analogy when you said Donald Trump woke a lot of people up. He did. And and it did bring a lot of new people on board. And it, in some cases, it woke up Democrats. But in other cases, it woke up Republicans to say, wait a minute, I am tired of the swamp. I am tired of these mealy-mouthed politicians coming out and telling us all this BS, and then they get in there and do something entirely different. I I think people are ready to go, Jeff. Yeah, they are, and they're not just listening to the political rhetoric now. They're actually doing some research, because they know half of what politicians say is is either (laughs) dishonest or or kind of skinny, and uh, that's you know, kind of race I'm in right now. And I can tell you, having spent five hours in Duluth walking the line and shaking hands with almost every person waiting in line to see Donald Trump, and then four hours in Fargo the next week doing the same thing, um, there's a lot of people who have never been politically active who now are. And right. Beautiful for us. Right. I agree 100%. So good luck, and Thank I look you. forward to talking to you next weekend at the Dakota, Dakota County Fair. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks, Jeff Bye. Johnson. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck to good luck to Jeff. It's. I think he's right. I think Donald Trump woke a lot of people up, and they said, you know, we gotta we gotta start paying attention. And and it's not just governor. It's not just president. It's not just you know people going to House and Senate, but it's what's going on in your in your own backyard too. And I I think people have said. I'm tired of the political correctness. I'm tired of of the. Uh, I'm t- I'm tired of all of it. I want to see something different. Don't you think, Stan? Don't you feel that way? Do you Do you feel like that's what you're hearing out on the street, or no? I think people are getting more involved. Yeah, they're they're paying more attention. Definitely. Yeah, I I, I do too. And Jeff called in, so we didn't get a chance to talk about some of the local crazy that was going on. And I could have told you more gun crazy, but that's okay. I just want to spend a couple minutes um, because what happens in the local elections is super, super important. This is right in your own backyard, people. So just this week, you saw the Ramsey County commissioners introduce a supplemental budget on top of all the money they're already spending. Uh, And it's really interesting because they're going to start 
all these hearings, uh, all these hearings that you can go and listen to one meeting after another of we're going to spend this much money for Park and Rec and this much money. Good luck trying to find the amount of money they're going to spend. They make it uh, very difficult to find these numbers. Uh, Don't worry. Don't worry. The excessively overpaid commissioners have already funded the raise they're going to give themselves. And yeah, it just almost seems like they're trying to hide those numbers. So this week, you had California put health warnings on their coffee. In Scotland, you had food sh- shoppers who want they want to be they want to confront food shoppers with graphic images of tooth decay and bowel cancer on products such as sugar and red meat to encourage them to make healthier choices. So stupid, so stupid. Leave aside that this is a dangerous, slippery slope uh, and ignore the relentless, relentless, patronizing nannying. Uh, But just remember, this kind of stuff is absolutely crazy. And Mayor Frey, Minneapolis, they want it. He wants you to eat plant-based foods. So I'm going to save that story for next week, maybe at the Dakota County Fair. And I did have another story that I wanted to talk to you about about HUD public housing and their smoking ban. I got a GoFundMe site I want you to go to. Privacy in the Home Legal Fund. My friend Audrey, who runs New York City Clash, uh, they're suing the government. Uh, you know what? Your home is your castle. What do you, What's government doing in there telling you what you can or cannot do on your private property? So go there. Stan, how much time? I'm 15 so, seconds. I'm so sorry, but I hope you have a really good show. We will. And we'll be in Farmington next weekend, Dakota County Fair. Thanks, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.